Hey guys, it's Guru Mike Panna of the Binding Warrior Podcast. Today is your Finish Strong Friday episode of the week. So in today's episode, um, I want to discuss this concept of privilege. I'm using quotation fingers as, I'm, as I say that. Um, and I want to discuss this topic today. And I want to discuss what we can do to recognize the privilege that we all possess. As well as how to keep people in check that accuse us of having quote-unquote privilege. Um, and I want to discuss that today. Um, now the reason why I wanted to talk about this topic today it's been weighing on my mind for the last several days is because if you follow me on Instagram or on Facebook, you'll know that I posted a uh, picture of these. Uh, it was actually on election day when I posted this picture and I was inspired to post this. Um, I saw, I saw this picture of this Trump supporter and this Biden supporter in the middle of the street, shaking hands. And it was a very powerful picture for me. And I don't know exactly where I found it. I just found it online somewhere. So I decided to share it. And I wrote a few words regarding, you know, even though I am firm in my political and moral beliefs, I also recognize that even if someone doesn't share the exact same beliefs as me, they are still human beings, you know, and I feel that we as a country here in the United States, we've really done a great job at dehumanizing people who don't share the same political beliefs as us. And I understand that's kind of a human nature thing. I think that it is in human nature to become part of a tribe and to be belong to something and be passionate about that. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. But I think when you dehumanize individuals, when you remove their humanity and put their political stance before their humanity, I take issue with that. Um, I take issue with that as an American. I take issue with that as a person of faith. I take uh, issue with that as an individual who is in a job field. I, I work in, you know, I'm a professional martial artist. I teach for the Kickstart Kids program um, in the middle schools here in, uh, in uh, Texas. I uh, teach by anywhere in martial arts, and I have students from all over the economic, cultural, political spectrum. And um, I, I take issue with it because I have I, I have a deep fondness and care for the people that I teach, and mentor, and look after. And not all of them share the exact same political beliefs that I do. So I recognize them as human beings first. Now, do I believe it's important to have core values? Yes, hundred percent. Do I believe that we have to have the same core values? Uh, in order to be a harmonious country, 100%. I believe that. But I also realize that I don't want to dehumanize people. And so when I posted that picture, that's where I, really where I was coming from. My heart was in a position of, I'm seeing people from both sides of the aisle at each other's throats. Um, I'm seeing social media blow up into even more negativity than it has been in the last eight months since this quarantine started. People are on edge. Um, and it, it's just getting crazy. I'm seeing it from both sides of the spectrum now. And I posted this picture, and the I, I don't think I've ever had a picture that's garnered as much support on Instagram as this one. Um, the amount of likes I got from this, and I'm not a big person who values myself on likes, but I was really impressed with that this picture seemed to get so many likes. It really seemed to inspire people. If you go to my Instagram, you'll see that. And um, it really seemed to touch or hit, a, hit a note with so many people from all walks of life. Because I think even though we are all, as Americans, passionate about our respective political stances, I think we also recognize what I recognize. The majority of us seem to recognize what I recognize. And it's that the people on the other side are still Americans. They're still human beings. They're still parents. They're still someone's son or daughter. And we have to recognize that before we rush to judgment, before we rush to making them our enemy. However, there was an individual... Um, I guess you could call her a Gen Zer. I think that's the word right now, right? I felt like an old man, but uh, there was this Gen Zer that um, took exception to that, and several other people seemed to take ex exception to that. Um, 
And um, the word that kept popping up, and I saw this floating around and uh, being targeted to people in doing what I was doing, um, is this idea of privilege that you, 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 uh, the only reason why you can uh, seem to play the neutral ground or be harmonious and be all kumbaya about it is because you have a sense of privilege because you don't know what it's like to be oppressed. So you need to ch quote unquote check your privilege. Now, my wife and my sister, I spoke to my sister briefly about this because uh, she actually knew the person that uh, commented. You, you should look at my re response if you haven't done so already. It's uh, trying to keep this young lady in her place, frankly. Um, but my wife and I spoke about this topic and we recognize, you know, we're in our 30s and, you know, we're technically millennials. I don't really don't really <laughs> I don't really adopt that term because I don't really my wife and I were kind of on the older end of the, the millennial range, I guess you could say. But growing up this whole concept of quote unquote privilege or quote unquote checking your privilege was not a thing. This is a new thing that popped up in the last, I want to say maybe five to seven years that younger people, younger, the generation, maybe multiple generations below me, maybe two or three generations below myself have been talking about this idea that there's this oppression, the systemic oppression going on. And if you're a person of color, you need to recognize this or else you're a traitor or you're siding with the enemy or whatever nonsense. And frankly, I'm getting sick of it. And I don't talk about this very often, but this is something that's been weighing on my, my, my mind all week. Because the generation below me, and even the people at my generation now, they're adopting this weak, victim-based mindset that you are oppressed, that there's a systemic conspiracy going on to oppress you. Um, leftist and liberal uh, individuals in the in universities, professors are spouting this nonsense. All right. And these children, frankly, these individuals, these young people and even people in my generation, let's be honest, that are spouting this nonsense of oppression and all this nonsense and privilege and all this stuff. They're saying this from their thousand dollar smartphones sitting in their condo or their apartment in some big city or, you know, their mom or dad's basement or while they're a barista at Starbucks. I don't know. They're talking about all this privilege. And I saw, if you read this thread, I speak to this young lady and I say very, very frankly, I'm like, listen, I don't know what privilege you're talking about. I don't know what privilege you're talking about because the only privilege I know is that I'm in the United States of America, period. All right. My parents in the eighties, they escaped martial law under the Marcos regime. And if you guys listen to my podcast on what I learned from immigrant parents, you guys can kind of go backtrack on that a little bit. You guys can kind of see this, um, listen to this podcast rather. It's uh, several episodes ago. I think I even recorded it maybe a year ago. So go deep in there. I don't have the exact number off the top of my head as I'm, as I'm driving recording this. But <clears throat> I'm, I, I learned from my parents and their lesson of escaping martial law, escaping poverty. My father especially, he was on the rougher side of the tracks. I mean, I, I went to my dad's hometown and I can't believe he came from that. Man. I mean, my dad frankly came from the hood. He came from a very low, low socioeconomic background in the Philippines. And if you've ever been to the Philippines, a third world country like the Philippines, Low, lower class or lower middle class is, is a different definition than what we in the United States or the Western world define as uh, the lower or lower middle class. Okay, different standard, a uh, different standard entirely. And so, my my learning from my mom and my dad, seeing the struggles that they went through, literally leaving everything that they knew to come to this country to escape oppression, real oppression, by the way, real like martial law oppression, the, the things my parents have witnessed and experienced, they will never repeat again. I asked, I try to ask them uh, questions about what life was like in the Marcos regime, and they are very vague. They don't want to go into it. They don't want to talk about it. And I'm not going to push them to talk about it because they actually know what oppression means. They know what systemic oppression means, what actual oppression, what it means to be oppressed. 
all right? And they're these, frankly, these spoiled college kids coming out of the university thinking that they know everything because they read some article on social media or they listened to what their professor said that they know what it's like to be oppressed. You don't know what it's like to be oppressed. Speak to someone from a third world country. Speak to someone from Africa who's witnessed genocide. Speak to somebody in the, from, who's escaped from the Middle East. I have a new student that just came in from the Middle East. I won't put too much uh, detail about him. This young, this young gentleman uh, transferred to the middle school that I'm at. And this kid is thankful to be in America. He is extremely grateful. His parents are so humble and so thankful that he is in the United States of America. They, they just came here like two weeks ago. Somehow, I don't know how it happened. But they escaped this country in the Middle East, which I will not name. They came here to the United States in search of a better life, this young man. And all he said was, thank you. That's all he said. So if you think that this country is so horrible, be my guest. Go to the Middle East. Go over there. <laughs> Try going to certain regions of the Congo. Let me know how it is over there. All right? You are not oppressed. If you're saying this on your $1,000 smartphone here in the United States of America, frankly, for those of you who adopt this weak mindset, you are people of privilege. I have privilege. You are privilege. You are correct. You have privilege. Okay, why? Because we're in the United States of America. If this country was so bad, why is it that so many people are literally risking their lives to come here, both legally and illegally? Why are they trying to come here? I work with immigrants from all over the world, and they're, they want to be here. They're thankful to be here. They don't want to leave. They're doing everything they can to go about things the right way to make sure that they can stay in this country the right way. And they don't go through all those hoops and all that work because this country is so horrible. Is this country perfect? Absolutely not. Does it have its scars and its blemishes? 100%. Look up the Watsonville riots where Filipinos were being dragged out of their homes in California and beaten and tarred and feathered. Read America's in the heart. The racism and the, and the levels of true white supremacy, by the way, real white supremacy, okay, that's being, that's, that was taking place at that time. All right. These things are really, really re real. <laughs> really, really real. Very, very real. I should say, throughout history. This country is not perfect. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it is. I'm a person of color. I've experienced people calling me all sorts of things. It is not perfect. Racism has not gone away. But this is still the best country in the world to live in. How do I know that? Because all the people that spout how horrible this country is are still here. <laughs> My father was telling me that. Um, as horrible as this country people, as, as horrible as people say this country is, they don't want to seem to leave. You, these people might be right. I am privileged. I am privileged. And so are they. They don't seem to recognize it. But regardless of your skin color, if you're listening to, the, to this podcast from anywhere within the 50 states, that is the United States of America, you are privileged. Because you're living in a country that even though... There is a strong history of xenophobia and racism here. We can't deny that. It is also the only country that actively fights it all the time. I cannot think of a single country that has fought racism as much as the United States, that has had a civil rights movement like the United States. Does, the Philippines had the People Power Revolution 100%, but the track record of the United States is that of people trying to live by the three things that we all have, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I don't think there's any other constitution in the world that talks about those three things in that way. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's your privilege right there. 
Show me another constitution that is focused on your pursuit of happiness. I don't think you're going to find it. So for those of you complaining about uh, your your oppression and uh, uh, my privilege or the privilege you think other people may have because whatever, all I know is that the only privilege I have is that I'm here in the United States of America where my parents worked hard to create a life for themselves. All right, they created a life. They went, came from nothing and built a life to raise their three children. I'm the eldest of them. Um, they never made an excuse. They never blamed the government. They never blamed the president. They never blamed society. They realized and recognized that their financial health, their spiritual health, their family's culture, their family's spiritual health and emotional health was strong and on their shoulders. They needed to make sure that they were in charge of that. They didn't outsource that to the president or to the government. They took care of that themselves. So if you are listening to this and uh, you want to critique me, that's fine. Let's talk. Um, but make sure you're based in facts and not in rhetoric. Make sure that you're based in facts and not on your feelings. Because if we're going to make it through this, we need to look at the truth. The truth is that the privilege that we all have is life, the, the right to live the right to, for, for people to live a life in safety, liberty, even though this country has not always been good at the liberty part with slavery and all these things, it's something that's always constantly being pursued. The freedom to be able to complain the way you want, to go to the streets and com- to, to protest. These things are, these, this is something that the, even though these protests seem to get more, more and more hostile and violent, this country is still defending your right to do those things. And the last thing, again, pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness. No other country on the planet has that in their constitution. The pursuit of happiness. At least, as far as I know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if you look at some other country, they might have the pursuit of happiness somewhere in their doctrine. But I, I have yet to see it. This country wants us to be happy. <laughs> the founding fathers of this country wanted people of all colors to be happy. Oh, well, they had slaves. There's no way they want. Hey, listen, I get it. You're right. But they put that, these people who wrote this constitution were not stupid people. They knew what was going to happen. These were not uh, mediocre individuals. You do not overthrow and fight back against the most powerful empire in the world at that time, which was the British Empire, because you're an idiot, (laughs) because you're uneducated, because you don't have willingness and drive. These were individuals who were smart. They were forward thinkers. And they knew that we would probably be in this position right now. Which is why it's so important to recognize where we've come from. My ancestors were probably not here around that time. I don't know, maybe they were. I know that some of the earliest Filipino settlements were in Louisiana here in California, even before this country was a country. You can look that up. I'm sure you guys can find that. But as far as I know, I, my roots are not that, don't go far, that far back in this country's history. But I'm letting you know right now that this country wants us to pursue those three things, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. That is your privilege right there. If you want to know where your privilege is as an American, as a Filipino American, that is your privilege right there. So before you start complaining, before you start whining about how bad things are, why don't you look in the mirror first? It starts with you. And frankly, all I'm trying to do is make sure we remember that we're all neighbors here. You may not agree with me. That's fine. But I'm not going to dehumanize you. I'm not going to put your political stance before your humanity. I don't judge you and label you as a as a as a political party i view you as a person a child of god even though you might be annoying right now <laughs> and we might disagree with things right now frankly 
You're still a child of God. I am a child of God. We need to remember that. We are neighbors. We are called to treat one another as neighbors. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we need to agree with everybody. <laughs> but it does say that we need to treat each other as neighbors, to love one another as neighbors. Okay? Let's remember that. All right, guys. So I hope this podcast inspired you. Be safe out there. Take care. God bless and be the hero in your life.